Before we get started with this amazing special episode, I wanted to make sure we played uh, this really amazing audio recording because the person who did it is Michael Wood. And if any of you have been following the podcast since the beginning, you know him as one of the co-founders of this podcast, along with myself. Um, he means a lot to me because without him, Stay of the Republic maybe wouldn't have been a thing because I don't know if I would have been able to just start it on my own and just record a solo episode on my own. And I I'm really grateful for the fact that he was able to be a big supporter of starting this new podcast back in late October of 2020. And let's go ahead and play what he had to say to us here on this special episode. And Michael, thank you for recording that. It means a lot to all of us here on the State of the Republic team. And we can't wait for you to be able to join us back here on the show uh, sometime uh, in the following year. Jared, Sharon, Luis, here's to you guys in 100 episodes. Congratulations, Jared. Uh, I know we haven't been on the show together. I, I, that's my fault. I haven't been on the show in a while. Uh, I think my last episode was in like the 30s and you guys are about to hit 100. So that's amazing. That's a huge accomplishment. Podcast mom, you know how I feel about you. You're amazing. Awesome. Love watching the photos of you representing the podcast all over the world. And Luis, man, uh, love what you got going there, man. It's, it's really working out. It's awesome. I'm so proud of you guys. Uh, I promise I will be on the show again. It's just made that move out to LA trying to get my, uh, affairs in order and everything sorted out. But again, congratulations. A hundred episodes is no joke. Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to a very special milestone episode that we're also here recording via video, too. You're seeing us here. Uh, I think it's the first time we do this on an actual podcast episode. So going all out for this 100th episode. And uh, we have a lot of special guests here in store for y'all. Again, as I mentioned before, this is a special recording. We've never done this before. We've never had this many guests on one podcast episode or I think even just in general on a, on a live show either. Um, but joining me here is Sharon. How's it going, Sharon? A hundredth episodes, right? It's amazing. And I'm so proud of the work you've done to arrange all these episodes for us and for us to sit down to listen to what they've had to say and to hear the congratulations on the 100th episode that we're doing right now. So this is so cool. Luis, I'm just a happy person right now. And how are you? This is great. 100 episodes. You are the backbone of this podcast. It must feel like a proud papa moment. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely is. But like I always say, you know, if it was just me, I couldn't just do it on my own. Uh, you know, I always need you, Jared, and all the other amazing guest co-hosts that we've had in the past. And it's something indescribable to get to this milestone. And you know, I still remember back in late October is I was talking to Michael, who will hopefully be back here uh, soon once he gets his internet figured out. Um, but, you know, if, if it wouldn't be for Michael, I probably wouldn't have this either because uh, I, I don't think I would have just started it on my own back then. And he was really supportive about the idea to get this kick started. And, you know, luckily um, we got it and we're here and I didn't think we would uh, be this far right and uh, you know to get so much attention I, I never thought it happened so quickly and 
you know, less than two years and we're already hitting a hundred and the speed we're going, I think it's going to be even quicker for 200 episode. <laughs> and it's, it's been really a great journey and I'm looking forward to what the future has in store here for the show, because we've had so many amazing guests. And even as we were planning for this episode hundred and who are we going to have on? I mean, it would have been really awesome to have every single guest we've had <laughs> in the past, but realistically we had to shorten down, down the list and it wasn't an easy thing to do. And we wanted to have other guests as well, but we had schedule conflicts and we really wanted to make sure that this was ready. Um, so it would be posted on this day when it's being posted. And I'm really glad that we were able to get some of the guests that were on in the past. And, uh, you know, we had really amazing conversations with them and it was, it was nice to catch up with them, you know, after a while. Let me ask you this. This is, this is a fair enough question on the hundredth episode. Of the episodes that we have done, Luis, and then you can probably ask me the same, although I don't know that I would have an answer. What has been one of your favorite episodes of the 100? If you can even think back, it's like having 100 children, which is my favorite. I don't even remember their names. <laughs> oh, that's a, ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, there, there's been so many. I think, you know, I think I would have to separate it into two categories. Because we've done interview episodes, we've done non-interview okay. episodes, right? And I don't think it'd be fair to mix them in together with, with all that. But, you know, I would probably say as far as favorite interview episodes, I would probably go with the Josh Cohen one. Because it was just so amazing to hear his story, right? All the things that he did and to be able to play in a major tournament, right? Like playing in these European championships, with what is arguably the best team in Israel, right? And feeling like the all-star player, because for ESPN over there, they are the all-star players, was just a phenomenal thing. And, you know, even after posting that episode, if you remember, we were getting a lot of traction in Israel and a lot of comments in Hebrew. And if you remember, we were doing the translations and luckily Facebook has that translation feature. So we're able yeah. to get an idea of what people were saying. And I I have to agree. That was one of the top, that was one of my top candidates for uh, favorites. The other one, you know, it's funny, our, our former uh, players, all of those have been my favorite as well. Like Wilson. And um, when, when we interviewed Roe the first time through, um, Mm. and then also when we interviewed um, Drew Scundrich and Matt Mahoney together, that was a lot of fun. (laughs) That that was really fun. Those have been fun. And Abby Fangle, you know, because she also played overseas, mm. that was really fun to get into what a life, a day in the life of her, you know, um, work over there looked like. Yeah, those have all been good. And, you know, if I had a non-interview episode that I would say, I would say it's the, the one that we did um, last year. I believe it was uh, the day before Christmas Eve. Uh, where we talked about all the amazing things that Psych Republic has given to us, right? Uh, directly and indirectly, right? Just symbolically and, and all that. Uh, it was really great to reflect back on all the different amazing moments, right? And keep in mind, right, this was last year after we didn't qualify for playoffs and we were just trying to find some positivity in a not so great year in general, right? Especially coming off uh, a rough 2020. And that I really enjoyed that. I mean, it, it felt good to, uh, look at the positive aspects of the season and 
yeah that, that, that would have to be mine for non-interview yeah, yeah non-interview that's that's definitely and you thought of that one i think you i think you were the one who dreamed up the um format for that episode so you know trying to find the positives or maybe we all did it collectively who knows it doesn't matter you know when you work with three people sometimes your brains all meld into one when it comes to formulating ideas you know <laughs> and coming up with the fact that we now have a contest uh, amongst us that was fun you know we didn't used to have that you know we just we've come up with these really bizarro ideas um, <laughs> and they they turned out to be really good parts of the podcast um, because I always tell everybody my main goal is to get you or Jared or both of you to laugh mm. you know to I try to tell a joke it doesn't it I don't mean to tell a joke I don't mean to be funny but sometimes the stuff that goes through our heads when it comes out of the mouth, it ends up being like just something that we can all laugh at, you know, and just get on, make other people laugh as well. Yeah. And that's the great thing, right? We've heard comments from uh, some of the listeners on things that we say and uh, mostly the goofy things, right? And, and it's great. I, I always like to say that even if I'm making a fool out of myself, if it brings joy to someone else, then that's great, right? Yep. And that's what comedians usually also say, right? It's like, <laughs> I'll make fun of myself. And, yeah. you know, I brought a laugh to you. So that's that's all that really matters. Oh, well, without much more ado, shall we uh, let the interviews begin? All right, so let's go ahead and let everyone hear some of the amazing interviews we had with uh, our special guests uh, that have been a part of these first 100 episodes. And I'll actually read off the order. And if you want to skip through, I mean, I don't recommend you skip through, but if you're mainly interested in hearing one specific uh, guest uh, on the episode notes, both on the podcast version and on the video version of timestamps. So make it easier for, for people to uh, be able to listen or view those interviews. So first, we're going with Abby Fingold, uh, representing women's soccer. Uh, so everyone keep in mind that the five guests that we chose are actually representative of the soccer community. And this was done intentional. And this is why we did it this way. And it worked out great because again, we've had a diverse uh, amount of guests in these first hundred episodes and uh, it's, it's been really great. So I I'm really glad we were able to make it work. And of course, after Abby, we have podcast magic, Billy and Bichev, which I got to give just a, a amazing Golas of Gratitude. I know we didn't even go through all that, but I had to bring in the Golas of Gratitude uh, name here on episode 100 because the guy has been with us in multiple episodes and that's what we call him Podcast Magic, right? He's He's been really amazing with us and, it, you know, sometimes we've just contacted him and told him like, hey, you want to join us last minute? And he'll hop on if he's able to and, you know, he's just a blast to be able to talk to. So, uh, Shout out to him. And of course, you know, we have him there. And he's representing the former Sac Republic category. Uh, after Bichev, we'll have Todd Donovan, Sacramento Republic's president. Uh, we're able to get another snippet, as we mentioned before, uh, with him. Uh, if y'all heard, we talked to him before the cup game. And uh, we're lucky enough to get uh, additional time with him to be able to talk about other things. So uh, awesome. we had a really great talk. That was awesome. Uh, after Todd, uh, we have Michael Rocha. Uh, if y'all remember, this was way back uh, when, and I think he was like our very first uh, special guest we had uh, on the show. 
but he is the GM of Academica Soccer Club from Sherlock. Uh, so it was great catching up on all the new things that have been going on over there. And then last but not least, we have Alberto Regalado, uh, who is the president of SAC United. A lot more things also going on with SAC United, and we had a blast hearing about all those things and uh, what the plans are uh, for this upcoming uh, season in the fall. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right to these interviews. Enjoy, everyone. Enjoy. We'll see you. Hey, team. It's Tina. I just wanted to leave a quick message and wish you a big congratulations on your upcoming 100th episode. It's a huge accomplishment. I love your podcast. I look forward to it every week. Uh, But I also really just wanted to give you guys a big thanks for being more than just a podcast. You guys have become a a great community of, you know, friends. I think you guys have really facilitated a lot of introductions amongst a lot of us fans. Um, I feel like I'm a part of this bigger soccer family now, um, which makes the games more fun, makes rooting on our team more fun, traveling to games more fun. And I think that you guys are a big part of that. So keep up all the great work. Congratulations again, and go Republic. Tonight, we are bringing in Abby Fangold, who is a pro player in France. Um, Abby, how's it going? Tell us what's up. Get us all caught up. Yeah, super happy to be back on your guys' podcast. Thanks for having me for your 100th episode. It means a lot. Um, so yeah, I just finished up a full season over with Olympique de Marseille in France. So I was there from August last year to the end of May this year, got a full season in. And then my contract was just for the one season. So right now my agents are looking for a new opportunity for me. Um, hopefully back in France, if not just somewhere overseas would be great. Uh, but just waiting for the right fit for me, right opportunity for me. So in the meantime, just kind of giving my body some rest after a long season. It was about 10 months, basically training every day, uh, one of the longer seasons in women's professional soccer. So just enjoying some downtime at home, getting some trainings in, coaching a lot. So it's just been nice to be back and hanging out a bit. That's awesome. So Abby, I noticed that uh, you have a new addition at the house. I think it's a little four-legged critter. You can't help but notice these things when you're following it. Hey, and if anybody wants to follow Abby, she's on Instagram. We'll post her link in the uh, in the episode. <laughs> in the bio. Uh, or... the bio. Thank you. <laughs> Luis, you pop in here any old time. I'm giving so much work to Luis right now because he's going to have <laughs> Massive amounts of editing, Abby, and it's just crazy. <laughs> or it might be kept. I don't know if it's nothing too major. Just for, <laughs> just for the laughs, no? It's so fun. It adds to the episode. Yeah, so tell us about the four-legged critters, because I know a lot of times when you come home from being gone, things change, and share a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I got home, and before I came home, when I was still in France, my parents were messaging with me and talking about how they've been looking into getting a guardian livestock dog for our goats and our horses that we have at our house. So luckily they hadn't gotten um, the puppy yet until after I got back. So it was actually on the 4th of July where we picked her up. And so, yeah, she's a guardian livestock dog. She's a Pyrenees, Akbash and Anatolian mix. So like all those guardian dogs all put together. So hoping that when she gets big, she'll be able to just hang out on our property, 
and uh, just keep our animals safe. But her name's Ray, and her name basically stems from our goats all having Star Wars themed names. So we have Aaliyah, we have a BB, we have Soka, and then Maddie, but it doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars. Her name was already that, so we just kept it the same. We have Solo, so we kept Ray, Ian, uh, so all Star Wars thing going on there. That's that's fabulous. It's good to hear that. It you know I I think it's wonderful when we can actually feel a little personal touch from uh, some of the players that we've interviewed and some of our our guests that we've interviewed. It's great. Um, so free agent, you're ready to step into another career. You want to go back to Europe. Um, I I would love that for you. And since you had to learn French. You shared with us a little bit of, of your progress the last time we, we spoke with you. You shared your progress of learning French and how I, I bet by now that would be a great fit for you because you probably know the language quite a bit better. Yeah, I had the opportunity to take French classes once a week uh, for a couple hours each session. And then obviously being around it every day, um, just in my everyday life. And then most of my team, they would just speak French. Um, not that many girls honestly spoke English. So the immersive method is definitely the way to go about learning a language. And uh, yeah, I picked it up fairly quickly. And so that's why I'm also hoping to go back to France since I already have a pretty good understanding of the language. I'd like to continue to learn it even more. And then also that's just going to help me with a new team and everyday life versus going to a brand new country and then having to potentially learn another language. So always nice to go with something that you kind of already have an understanding with. Well, and the other thing that I was thinking about with you is you know a lot of the club's style of play since you've been exposed to a lot of the French clubs there. Um, and if if you could pick your dream club, oh, no, I shouldn't do this to you because <laughs> you can't, you can't. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say, what's your dream club? <laughs> <laughs> Just not. <laughs> But if you had a dream club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that'd be tough. Uh, I think if I had a dream club, I would honestly probably want to go play at Manchester United. But but it's really tough to get over there uh, with their women's league uh, for visa process, for the visa process. So um, I'm pretty much open to whatever club as long as it's the right fit for me. Um, I want to go to a country that has a really competitive women's league, whether that's in the first division or second division, like France, the second division was super competitive and you get a lot of exposure to high level clubs. Um, and just playing for Marseille, which is a huge club was a great opportunity. So, um, I'm open to whatever opportunity that there is for me. Um, and yeah, just as when it comes, it comes. You can go to Spain and then you can learn Spanish too, right? And just keep picking yeah, up true. I did language. Take, I did take a little bit of Spanish in school. So hopefully I could kind of bring that back out of my brain wherever it is. And hopefully that could be another option for me too. That'd be so cool. You know, with Sac Republic, we have our Spanish guys. You go over yeah. there and it's like, we're we're swapping players. So that would, that would be really cool to establish that. Um, but I want to know more about uh, how it was to play in France, um, being that you've played here and there. What are some of the differences that you noticed in terms of the, the gameplay? Yeah, I'd say in France, uh, a lot of the players are very technical on the ball. Um, 
and yeah, before, so I played in Japan, my first contract, Israel, and then France was the most recent. And then obviously I've played with the storm, uh, a couple seasons now. I didn't play this season, but two seasons, um, I've played with them and each country definitely has a different style. Like, uh, the U S plays very direct. Um, when I was in Japan, it was very technical, but not direct at all. They don't like to play with the ball in the air. I'd say Israel was more along the lines of how it is in the U S physical and direct. Um, and then I'd say in France, it was kind of a mix. So you'd have teams that would play direct and kind of rely on their players that are super athletic, quick, strong. And then you had teams that were more technical on the ball and wanted to keep the ball on the ground. Um, so I think France was kind of more of an all around experience as far as soccer goes. And then as a goalkeeper, there's a huge emphasis on being basically an extra player on the field. So playing that sweeper keeper role, being comfortable with the ball at my feet um, for longer service or just playing out of the back. So um, I've experienced that with other countries, but even more so in France. And I think that's just how they generally want their goalkeepers on each team to, to play, to be comfortable with their feet um, and just be confident. So I was going to say earlier when you were talking about dream clubs, um, I bet you would fit in really well with West Ham. I may know West, somebody, West Ham. I may know somebody, huh, that might have a connection. Because, you know, I went over to England and I, well, you might not know. I, I ended up seeing West Ham play twice, one in the Europa League. Um, wow. Yeah, the semifinal and then in a regular match against Arsenal. And their women's squad is actually really... Coming. Yeah, the the English uh, Women's Premier League is definitely coming along. Um, I think it, it should have happened sooner, but I think more and more teams are taking their women's side more seriously. I just know um, that it can be a bit tricky getting that visa. Like you typically need like national team caps or something along those lines, but there are some exceptions to that. And I think the more that they make exceptions to that, the more their league can kind of open up. Cause right now I think it's kind of constricted with the players that they're bringing in. So the level can be pretty good, but I think a lot of players that are more under the radar as far as international team appearances aren't getting looks, but have that skill to compete. So it's just interesting to see how it's developed over there. You know, that's really interesting that you would say all that, um, that you would explain that to us, because that was something I wasn't aware of, you know, as far as what their kind of restrictions or what their bar looks like. Um, But I was curious, you know, and I know by the time we released the episode, this may have concluded, but I was curious of your thoughts on watching the Euro, um, the women's Euros. I mean, today, even though this episode will be released a little while down the road, I've been watching the matches and I've been watching England, you know, I've been been watching Germany and those teams look really strong and it makes me nervous for, you know, women's world cup and also the Olympics down the road. So share a little bit about what you're seeing in the, you know, in the women's euros. Yeah. um, I think for such a long time, the world and especially the U S has been so used to the U S women's national team dominating everyone always being the powerhouse and not many other teams being able to compete with them other than on some fluky days. Um, but I think it's starting to even out a bit more for sure. I think just watching the euros, 
um, teams like France, teams like even like Netherlands, England, Germany, they're starting to get to that level or even exceed it. And I think the main factor behind that is definitely the development of the professional leagues within those countries. Um, and even Japan as well, they have a really established women's professional league. And I think they're basically at a higher, or they've had a league, their leagues longer since the US and WSL hasn't been around technically for, I think maybe it's been around 10 years now, if that. Um, so it's just been more consistent with the women's leagues overseas. So when you have that going on, then that helps build those inner international teams as well so I think we're starting to see a bit of that momentum and strength that the U.S. national team has built slow down and other teams are starting to reach those levels in development of their players from an earlier age and then putting them right into those professional leagues versus that college route which kind of helps develop them maybe a bit quicker because they're playing with older players more experienced players right away you know that's interesting you would say that as well um, because we're seeing some of our top players play in the European leagues. You know, um, uh, Alex Morgan had a little stint overseas. You know, we're seeing uh, Tobin Heath. She did a, gr- a great job overseas. Uh, Kristen Press, you know, a lot of them are... are the Muses too, as well, I think, yeah. Exactly. So it used to be the other way around, that all the other um, countries would send their players to our league. And now we're seeing the flip side of it. And I don't know if it's just to occupy uh, time when we're off season or just what, tell us a little bit more of your thoughts on that. Cause I know you follow it. Yeah. I think like you said, uh, the way some of the leagues, the, the seasons are structured, the NWSL is one of the shorter seasons. So a lot of women, um, sometimes it's from financial reasons or they just want to get more experience go overseas to play and fill that gap time where there's no NWSL season. Um, I also think just from my experience playing overseas now, I've gained a lot of knowledge in different styles of play soccer wise as like field players and as a goalkeeper and learned a lot of different coaching styles as well. Um, And in the U S you have coaches that come from international backgrounds but a lot of the styles kind of remain the same when you watch the NWSL, it's all very direct physical. So being able to go to a different country and experience a different type of soccer over there um, as a goalkeeper, but then I think especially as the field players as well, they're being exposed to maybe more technical skills, more passing the ball on the ground versus in the air and using more finesse. So I think that helps build them more as an all-around player. And so when they come back to the U.S. or they're playing with their international team, I think that helps them out um, and puts them above the rest of those in their position. I have a a fun question. Um, Curious to hear what your response would be. But um, say all the teams in the NWSL give you an offer. They're all offering you the same amount of money. Uh, which one would you pick? And then why, why would you pick that one? Well, if that was the case, uh, you know, I mean, I went to school in Portland and the Thorns have a really solid club, really established club. So that would be, I think, a top choice for me. However, I'd probably want to stay in California 
um, just because obviously my friends, family are here, fan base, and I'd want to represent California as a player as well. Um, And I know, or I think at some point, hopefully there is a team coming to the Bay Area. I know Jamie with Storm uh, is trying to drive that, as well as Brandy Chastain, Leslie Osborne, and a couple other local products and former uh, professional and international level players as well. Um, so if that Bay Area team was established, I would definitely want to go there. San Diego wouldn't be too bad uh, location-wise. And then LA wouldn't be a bad spot either with all the celebrities hanging out at the matches. I think there was a video of like Natalie Portman giving out orange slices or not Natalie Portman. I think it was um, Jennifer Gardner. So that would be a pretty cool spot to be as well. But I think my first pick would be the Bay Area team if that becomes established. That would be so cool. And, you know, it would be really cool to have you local. Just give everybody here in the area another reason to, you know, go go to more games and, and definitely go see you. You know, I, we all hope that all that comes true. Anyhow, Luis, any other questions for Abby? I know we're trying to keep these segments kind of nice and tight. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, my comment is just best of luck. You know, we really hope to see you in another club in Europe and continue to gain that experience. Hopefully it's in Spain because you do have some <laughs> Spanish already. So, you know, that that would be really helpful. And, uh, you know, it would just be really awesome to continue to see you over there and continue to inspire everyone, not just in Sacramento, but just all throughout Northern California, that if you made it there, they can also be there as well. So we always like seeing our... Uh, ambassadors i like to call all y'all that that go over across the pond so thanks yeah hope for the best as well and it's great to um represent northern california especially sacramento just because it's such a like deep and rich soccer community there's so many youth players there's so many fans like you guys that support sac republic and would support uh, a women's nwsl team support the storm while we have the wpsl so it's really awesome to come from this area that is really passionate about soccer. Actually, I do have a question. I was just, I was just playing. Um, <laughs> something <laughs> came to mind, but uh, by when do you think we could probably expect you to tell us wh- who you sign with? Uh, wh- what's like your time frame that you're looking at? Yeah. So uh, right now there's the summer transfer kind of window market going on. Mm-hmm. And that generally runs until about the first or second week of September. So I'm hoping to find something by the end of that. Mm -hmm. Um, If I don't find anything that's really the right fit for me, then my next opportunity would probably be in November, December. So hoping to find out within this next month, month and a half, but if not, then just waiting for something to materialize later on. Well, we can't wait to hear the good news of, of where you feel like landing and, you know, what the offers look like. Um, I know we won't know what the offers look like. We'll know what the final final, <laughs> final decision looks like. And we really do hope for the best for you. I think it's going to be a, a blast. I think you've got a long career ahead of you, no matter what. <laughs> and we want to keep track of your dog, Ray. We want to see what's... Oh, know. yes. I will keep posting. Excellent. I think that's fabulous. Awesome. Well, th- thank you so much for uh, joining us here for episode 100. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me back. I appreciate it. You're the best. Stay awesome. (laughs) Thanks.
Wow, 100 episodes. Congratulations. It has been so much fun listening to the podcast and even joining in on occasions. You all are so funny and passionate. It is always a blast. I think you all need a beer shower to celebrate. Cheers on the 100th episode, and I look forward to the next 100. Sincerely, your Vegas correspondent. Well, welcome, uh, Sacramento soccer fans, to our second interview of a couple that we're doing here uh, for our episode 100. Again, these are recorded uh, way ahead of time, uh, not a day, two days before this gets posted. So just a heads up to everyone on that. Uh, yeah, we, we at this point, we don't know what's going to happen in the Cup, but y'all already know what happened. And yeah, we'll go from there. But uh, it couldn't be any episode 100 without our favorite podcast, Magic Bijev, and uh, we're excited to have him on here to celebrate this special occasion. So welcome back, man. How's it going? Hey, going great. Uh, first off, congratulations on 100 episodes. Um, I think it's super awesome what you guys are doing and happy to to be a part of it and to be able to to come on and share some time with you guys. Yeah, th- thank you, e. Really appreciate it. Um, it's it's crazy how quick we've reached the hundred. Um, yeah, I, I mean it hasn't even been two years since the podcast started, and we're already looking at a hundred. So, yeah, well, watch out. Spotify is going to give you guys a deal like Joe Rogan. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> really, really cool. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, you know, I, I want you to let us know uh, what it's been like so far being with Central Valley Fuego, and you guys are about halfway through the season, and I know you guys have had good and not so great times, but walk us through how things have been like, especially since, you know, you guys have had to do a lot of traveling considering that you're the only team in California. <laughs> yeah, um, no, it's been great. Great, I think, first half of the season. We're right at 500 right now. Um, just constantly getting better for a new franchise, uh, always tough, but we're, we're learning a lot. We're growing a lot. We're getting through all the hurdles. Um, I think it's nice, not nice, but it's good to have in a way certain setbacks and, um, things that you need to overcome. And we've definitely had that, uh, like you mentioned, the travel obviously is like an easy thing to focus on just because every team is pretty much on the East coast. So you're talking like, you know, six, seven hours of flying and out of Fresno, there aren't any direct flights really anywhere. So we're always connecting as well. Uh, three hour time difference when we were going to the East Coast, all that kind of stuff plays an uh, impact. But then same thing can be said for uh, the teams that come to visit us as well from the East Coast. So they have to deal with all that travel. Um, and then for them also, there's the heat of uh, Fresno and the Central Valley kind of, I mean, you guys know how it is in, in Sacramento as well. Um, it's similar temperatures and in, in Arizona for Jared. Um, so yeah, but super exciting. I think great start overall. And I think the team is only getting better, which is what you want to see. Cause you don't want to be halfway through the season and think like, Oh, wow, we've peaked, you know, we're, we're, we haven't peaked yet. And hopefully we want to peak towards the end of the season, heading into playoffs and go on a run right at the right time. Yeah, you make a good point about the the traveling and the connecting flights and all that. I'm I'm assuming I think anyone who travels to Fresno, they probably always have to connect through either San Francisco or LA, right? Depending where they fly to. And uh it's it sounds complex, right? And you who know, hopefully one day League One does West and East, just like championship does, because that 
that makes the more sense to do it that way, right? Yeah. No, and I think they will. I think there's more teams um, already set to come in. I know I saw a couple of weeks ago, Santa Barbara announced that mm-hmm. they'll have a team in league one, which would be amazing. Great place to travel to. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be more teams joining the league as well as it grows and soccer grows in general in the U S we have the world cup this year in four years, the world Cup's going to be in the United States, which I think mm-hmm. is going to do amazing things for soccer um, in the U S. So and as it grows, more and more franchises will join. And I'm sure eventually they'll be able to do a West and East. And, you know, for as long as we've been wanting it in the U.S., hopefully one day maybe they can even do promotion relegation, which would be, I think, amazing. And we'd have some pretty awesome matches when teams are fighting for promotion or relegation. It just adds that much more intrigue to the games. Yeah, no, it's really exciting that we're going to have the World Cup here in a couple of years. And it's going to do a lot for the game. And, you know, again, we're already seeing the growth. Uh, through the USL, through the different divisions. And, you know, you guys this year in the Open Cup really also proved that USL League One has teams that could compete against the championship teams, MLS teams. And so I think the prospect of at least being able to see uh, Pro Rel in the USL system is something that could be there. And that's how I think it'll probably happen a couple of years from now that we'll, we'll see it go from League Two to championship. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I think it would be absolutely amazing. Or at least do a League Cup, right? Just like I, I mentioned uh, a while back, like to have all the USL leagues compete against each other and in a knockout round similar to the Open Cup and, you know, get, get a champion from that and, you know, make them play against the champion of the Open Cup, maybe, right? Like just come up with another trophy to um, compete against and and just so you know, teams could show more of their value, I think, aside from just on the Open Cup, but also, you know, for us to crown a overall USL champion, that that would be great. Yeah, no, I think that would be amazing. Um, I don't, yeah, I feel like logistically, I don't know how it would work in terms of like if SAC now was also in that other cup as well, they'd probably have to be playing so many games if they were like going farther in Open Cup, mm-hmm. in League, and then in this USL League Cup as well. Um, but no, I completely agree. I think that would be awesome. And I think we'd see a lot of league one teams and maybe even some league two teams making it a little farther and having some cup sets in that as well. And it'll be great for player exposure. Just more players can be seen, maybe, you know, have a chance to move up in the leagues as well. Yeah. I mean, we saw it with Union Omaha, right? I mean, it's sadly the, the ending wasn't as great as they, they would have hoped for, but I mean, they made a crazy run in this cup and, and really you know, held League One up there and, and showing that, you know, League One teams could defeat MLS teams as well. And I think that's something that we don't always see happen. And when you do see happen, it it just, you know, shows you just how far um, different teams are, are going. So anything can happen, I think, in the future with uh, League One teams and even League Two, because, you know, some of them also pulled some Cup sets too in the past. Well, go, going back to uh, your guys' current season, you know, you guys are now playing in Fresno State. And so I want to know how, how it's been like uh, playing uh, now at Fresno for a couple of matches and w- what the atmosphere has been like and, and just how, how the pitch uh, is, is like for you guys. It's been really cool. I think Fresno State's been a great venue in terms of location in Fresno. It's fairly central. Um, the way the stands surround the field. Um, right now they're on the the west side of the field 
but the big football stadium um, is up back behind those stands. So even before kickoff, the stands are fully shaded, which is super nice when it's over 100 degrees, you know, throughout the day. So that's really good for the fans and they're not looking into the sun. Um, our bench looks into the sun, so <laughs> sucks for the players, but at least for the fan experience, um, it's a little bit better. And then we have um, a set of bleachers behind the north goal as well. And then surrounding the other side of the field are these like tall, thin um, evergreen trees. So it's a really cool venue. It seems it's like fully encompassed um, and we're getting, I think, you know, two, three thousand fans. Uh, and they're very loud. We have our supporters groups who have been super awesome and have supported us even on games that haven't gone well. They don't stop singing and they have their drums out there. So that's been really great. And then being able to play home games is always better than traveling away. And I think it's more amplified by the fact that we have to travel to the East Coast. So if we were just traveling to, you know, Sacramento or L.A., uh, it would be a little different, but the home games stand out even more when our away games are so far away. So uh, I think anytime we have a home game, we need to really take advantage of it and secure as many points as possible when we're playing at home. Well, that's good. I'm glad that, you know, going to a game is a, a good experience because I, I know you guys get pretty intense weather, right? Especially during this time and 100 degree days are, are a common occurrence too. And I think it gets even hotter than it does Sacramento, right? It's like the more south you go, especially if you get close to Bakersfield, you're getting close to, you know, Arizona weather, I think almost. Well, you know, before we were talking about uh, League One teams and what more teams we'll be seeing, and definitely I think we'll be seeing more teams in the West, but uh, what are some cities that if you, you know, if they came to you and asked you, like, you know, help us build the West Coast, right? So we can have our, our own West division, just like we do for championship. What what are some cities in the West that you think would be great markets and that you definitely want to travel to um, over here in the area? Well, one, just like not even necessarily a great market or anything. It would be a great market, but just I can't believe L.A. doesn't have a team. Mm. When I was first, uh, you know, considering coming to play here in Fresno and just looking at the League One landscape and seeing that all the teams are, you know, Tucson, then Colorado, and then everything else is East Coast, I just couldn't believe that LA doesn't have a league one team with, I mean, how many teams they must have down there in that area. So I would definitely say like LA area should have a team, like a long beach team would be really cool. Um, Bay area. So like Oakland, San Francisco, obviously Sacramento would be awesome. Any North city team would be really cool. Like Carmel, if Carmel could get a league <laughs> one team and we'd have to travel down there maybe go a little, a couple days early. Just to get acclimated, you know, go on a Wednesday for a Saturday game. If Carmel had a team, I'd like to see more Central Valley teams, man, like a Visalia or even a Stockton, some smaller teams, you know, reach if even League Two. Then financially, if to make a stadium, it wouldn't be as feasible and it, it costs a lot. Obviously, if you wanted to make a team in San Francisco, that probably be near impossible for usl um but those would be really cool cities like santa barbara i'm so happy they're getting a team just because mm -hmm. that's a beautiful place to travel anyways and even when they came into the usl championship i remember everyone was talking about like oh that'd be a good good trip to go on and a fun place to play and it has been something like santa barbara la a couple northern cities um, 
but yeah, it's hard to believe we're the only team in California in League One. Like, baffling. Other teams, other franchises got to get their <laughs> stuff together and put a pro team in their city. Yeah, and I think there's plenty of interest out there. You know, it's just maybe they're still growing it, but I, I find it kind of strange how League Two seems like it's more sophisticated than League One. They kind of worked backwards with that, but... There's way more yeah. teams, and I think there's a lot less strict um, regulations that need to be met to be a team. And I think League mm-hmm. Two maybe don't pay their players. I don't think it's... Is it professional? I think League Two like oh, took man. the place of PDL, the Player Development League, oh, pretty okay. much where... So it's a lot less of a financial obligation to to have a league two team than it is to have a league one team maybe yeah that's true yeah i definitely i feel like the cost to enter is uh it should be a lot a lot less and so i i gotta ask this last question here because i know that sharon would have wanted to ask uh this question too and uh shout out to sharon who's enjoying herself uh some nice wine over there locally um but how has it been like for you to to be a dad for the first time uh i know you've uh been a dad already for a couple of weeks now right uh two and a half months so he's oh is it oh, okay. Weeks old. Ooh, okay time flies and time flies old. uh it's also our five-month wedding anniversary with my wife today on the 22nd oh just keeping congratulations the, oh, those dates um thank you thank you no it's been absolutely amazing <laughs> Um, fortunately my wife gets to stay home with him and she does absolutely everything, which makes it really easy on me. I'll just take him and burp him from time to time or change the <laughs> diaper. Um, he's a lot more alert and staying more awake now, which is more fun for me because you know I can put him down on his little play mat and just sit there and watch him and he'll look at his toys that are hanging over him and his eyes will follow you now and he's starting to smile a little bit. Um, so it's mm-hmm. been absolutely amazing. So far, we're very blessed to to have the support that we have in Fresno as well. She's from here. My parents are here, and they'll they'll watch him and help you know bathe him or take care of him at at any point in time. So we've had a lot of help, which has made it really easy. Um, and now I'm just looking forward to when he's a little bit more active and more mobile. And he's still super small, so I can't even really hug him. You know, I can hold him, but you can't you can't really hug him yet. So I'm looking forward to when he's a little bit bigger and I can actually hug him because I just want to squeeze him so much. Um, he's absolutely adorable. So it's been an amazing experience. Uh, I absolutely love it and feel very blessed that everyone's, you know, doing well and healthy and just growing and taking things one day at a time. That's awesome. Well, we already know 20 years from now, he's definitely going to be playing uh, the sport that you're playing right now too. So, uh, Looking forward to that. I mean, it's these interesting stories that just happened that, you know, our, our teams are still a bit young, right, in the area. But, you know, I, I'm looking forward to those times when we could look at players and be like, you know what? I used to watch his dad play back in the day, too, right? And Dang, <laughs> how cool would, would that be? Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, no, that would be really cool. And, I mean, in 18 years, so it'll be 18 in 18 years, how much the sport will grow by then, we you know, we can only imagine, I think it's going to be, um, a lot better and a lot more teams and franchises will be more solidified and fan bases will be more solidified. And I think it's just going to be absolutely amazing by then. 
Yeah. I mean, even just if we uh, glance back to the last uh, 20 years, how much things have grown, right? And uh, I, I've heard this comment, and I think I've made it before, too. And I'm sure a lot of people watching, listening uh, can agree to it, too, that some of us are like, we wish that growing up, there were all these teams that we have now, because there's more opportunities right now for anyone who wants to play the sport to, first of all, play it. Uh, but second of all, if you want to be seen by a team, yeah, much more avenues than you did 20 years ago where <laughs> there wasn't really that much or you had to basically just take the risk and travel far for tryouts. And if you didn't make it, then that was that. You had to be stuck just playing a Sunday league team and that was that, you know, to yeah, go to do something else. <laughs> no, definitely. There's way more opportunities. And I think, but also there's way more people playing the sport and way more people moving to the u.s to play the sport i think we have so many foreign players as well um that are great because they're helping grow the sport and gives them an opportunity to come live in the u.s um which is great it goes both ways more teams but then also i think more competition for those teams and i think we're seeing even players now are going even without contract players that you think are really good players and they're staying, you know, for months at a time without a team to sign them. So the, the talent is growing. That's why we need the amount of teams to keep up with the supply of players or the demand of players. Yeah, and we'll, we'll surely see it. And again, you do pro rail, and you're going to increase the level of players that, that you get out of all the teams. So yeah. <laughs> we're going to keep saying it every time until... We get it, or if it never happens, then at least we keep saying it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like way more to play for. Right yeah. now, it's not just about you know trying to make playoffs. Because um, even well, with OKC, it came kind of down to the wire last year where we we were close to making playoffs, but there were some teams that knew like five, six, seven games before the end of the season that they had no chance to make playoffs, and then it's you know hard to stay motivated or you you actually have nothing to play for because even if you finish last place okay well we'll see you next next season um but whereas now it's like even the teams at the bottom will have something to play for because you don't want to finish last or second to last so you can stay up in the league that you're in yeah that's that's true it's it's always you know give the team something to play for all right well this has been great, man. Thanks for, for being on uh, again, our hundredth episode. We really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, best of luck for this rest of the season for Fuego. And, you know, we'll definitely be catching the games as always. And, and I'll be going to a game here uh, sometime uh, August, September, once uh, the heat gets a little bit less around here. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to have you guys come out to a game. Anytime you can come out, would love to see you we'll always have a ticket for you guys congratulations on the 100th episode again and it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys thanks and be sure to give our our love to 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 the the little one and also to the missus as well so i will i will i'll thank them for for allowing me to come on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) anything i do i gotta get their permission first yeah of course i know the feeling yeah (laughs) Hola amigos from State of the Republic, this is Mr. Fuerza Power and I want to congratulate you because you guys achieved 100 podcasts already, so I wish you the best of the best, okay? And remember, this is Mr. Fuerza Power, y si tú tienes la fuerza, 
tienes el power. Congratulations. So, welcome, Todd Donovan, to the 100th episode of State of the Republic podcast. You have made this a special time for us. We have not had anybody greater than you on our podcast. So, this is almost like this warms the cockles of our little hearts to have you present to help us unfold our 100th episode. So, Todd, thank you for joining us for that. Well, congratulations on 100 episodes. I'm uh, I'm very honored to be here uh, on a special occasion like this. And um, yeah, that's a that's a big milestone. So congrats to you guys for, for that. Yeah, a, a lot of the backbone is right there. Luis Urbano has always been our backbone of the podcast. He does it. He gets it all dressed up and fancy. Anyhow, Luis, first question goes to you. Well, I think it's something that we've had fans ask us. And of course, we ourselves, we keep questioning it uh, until we we are able to actually see it. But what can you tell us about the brand new stadium? Uh, I know we heard word of it uh, a couple of months ago, but we're all still, you know, anxiously waiting to get some updates on that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great call out. We we were excited, you know, when that when that came out in the B, um, you know, because this is something we've been working hard on behind the scenes to give our fans and our city exactly what it deserves in terms of a new stadium. I think as we went into last off season, um, it was a good period to kind of reset the club and look forward and really take the club to that next echelon. And we feel like the new stadium in the rail yards uh, is going to be a massive catalyst, not just for our club. Um, and it will certainly be that because it'll be a fan experience and a you know game day experience. Unlike anything else where you'll have not just the game, but you'll have restaurants and bars and, activities around it uh, in a downtown location that's going to be uh, sort of transformational for for that experience. But it's also a big deal for the city because now the city, uh, you know, is able to build out the rail yards to expand uh, 244 acres that, you know, have been waiting to be developed for decades, um, you know, and in a downtown location that, again, uh, has has suffered a little bit because of the pandemic and uh, everything that goes along with that. So we're excited to to be part of that. And, and we think the stadium is going to be the the catalyst to to really take the rail yards and, and that downtown revitalization over the top. I think Jared has the next question. I think he may ask you how you feel about the uh, WPSL match that happened yesterday because your club is so supportive of all the other clubs that make up Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know it uh, just barely happened yesterday and I happened to watch the match, but uh, I mean, is there any plans of perhaps maybe having the California storm uh, come out this uh, Wednesday uh, for, for halftime, you know, to celebrate the fact that uh, California storm have won their first uh, national championship in as many years. Um, I know it's not necessarily to take away from the storm from, or take, take some of the wind out of sails of the open cup match, but I think this would be a great time to highlight women's soccer, especially our team and right in our, well, Sacramento's backyard, uh, winning such a championship. Has there been any uh, potential on that, perhaps? Yeah, we were so excited to see the Storm uh, win it all. I think we had them out to our match, um, you know, our, our, our last match and had them on the field, I believe it was against Oakland Roots. Um, just tremendous. I mean, we were big supporters of them, of women's soccer. And couldn't be more excited to see Sac- you know a Sacramento team uh, go all the way. So yeah, we will we will absolutely plan something with them um, and get something in the works. But huge supporters of of them and and really excited to see another uh, champion come from Sacramento. Excellent. So another question for you comes from me, and that is 
Uh, you recently signed a couple of new players, or you're bringing back Danny Reynolds. We, we can't be more excited to see his magic on the field. We've heard a lot about him. You brought some guys back in. Is that going to transition anybody out of the squad? You know, because you're overall making a lot of the decisions behind the scene along with Mark Briggs. So how is how is the feel of bringing in, you know, kind of bringing coming and going guys? Yeah, I think, you know, we, with multiple competitions going on and, you know, we've added five now, this will be six games on Wednesday, um, you know, that we will have expanded our season. Uh, we wanted to bring in some reinforcements so that we could bolster the squad a little bit. So that's what we're doing with the Shorn. Uh, we're doing, you know, obviously bringing Danny Reynolds back um, now that he's healthy and, and fit. And, um, you know, so we think two big pieces there, one off, one on offense, uh, DeShorns have been a proven goal scorer, uh, in USL in MLS in India, he's played, um, you know, he's, he's scored everywhere he's gone. So we're excited about DeShorn. Uh, Danny is a tremendous piece in the locker room. I, I think people are going to enjoy seeing him on the field, but, uh, he got a big roar when, uh, Mark made that announcement to the players, uh, that he was coming back. And we're also working on some other, uh, you know, another potential signing that, that'll be coming out soon in terms of a potential loan. Uh, but, but really the, the, the main thinking there is we want to, we want to get some, some reinforcements for our guys, bolster the depth of the team and uh, you know, not just think about, you know, the next week or two, but also the back half of the season, which is a, you know, fairly congested schedule. We, we purposefully uh, scheduled a few buys, uh, you know, strategically in, in May and June so that we could, uh, you know, have a better chance at an open cup run um during that busy slate and you know we think that paid off and but that does mean that towards the back end of the season we've got a, a few extra games as well so um yeah that's the thinking with the with the extra signings and you know credit kevin nagel for uh being supportive of that uh providing the resources for that without him uh we don't we don't uh we don't land those players so so you know this is a full team effort so todd one last question on this the game day experience at Sac Republic is beyond compare, beyond compare from any of the other USL championship squads. How are you, how are you able to sustain all of that? I know Kevin Nagel's a huge piece on that, but that's, you put on a show every single time we have a home match. That is an incredible, that's incredible. How does that work? And when do you sleep? <laughs> uh, with three kids, I don't. Um, but yeah, it, it's really the team effort. And again, you know, our, our, our staff does a tremendous job of, of putting on a great show. Uh, Connor Sutton, Scott Moak, um, with game day entertainment, uh, have taken us up to another echelon, I think in terms of the entire presentation of the game and then the fans do the rest. I think just our job is to provide a, uh, an atmosphere, provide the conditions. And then, you know, with, with the team playing as well as it has this year at home, uh, you know, we just came off of our first uh, blemish uh, this season at, at home. It's a pretty remarkable record uh, that we've had and, you know, generally send the fans home very, very happy. Um, so that's made for an even better atmosphere. And, you know, the support we felt from, from all of our fans has been tremendous. Well, I know from the three of us, and we can all unmute at this point, we are faithful fans. We're all supporters of Sac Republic. And I know you really do enjoy having that support. And we are, we are the ones that will go on social media and kind of, you know, <laughs> tell the Fairweather fans, you know, hey, that's, this is not the place. If you're a fan for life. You're getting there. So on that note, you guys, let's thank Todd Dunavant for coming on our podcast, our 100th episode. We 
can't say thank you enough. Thank you very much, Todd, for, for taking the time to, to appear on, on our podcast. And I'll be flying in from Phoenix uh, this Wednesday for the match. So I cannot wait. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. Yeah, no, thank you guys. I, I appreciate it. Uh, congrats again on 100. Uh, book me for number 200. Uh, we can look forward to that as well. Um, but no, oh, great, great to see you guys. You're coming on 150, dude. Okay, 150. <laughs> we can do that too. We can do that too. Excellent. Awesome. Well, yeah, the, thank you, Todd. Again, we're recording this before the Open Cup. So, you know, here's, here's to the best. And, and we hope that, you know, we, we uh, give a good performance because after all, I always say this, that's all we ask for as fans, right? It's just to give us a good showing and whatever happens, happens, right? But you, you still uh, leave the game happy if you know that they gave it their own. 100%. 100%. We can't ask more from our fans. We can't ask more from our team this year. Uh, and I think we're all going to be supporting them uh, on Wednesday and beyond because we, you know, we're obviously in the Open Cup, but we got big ambitions for the league and for for playoffs um, to, to, you know, again, you know, add to the trophy case. That's that's our goal this year. And uh, we've got an opportunity on Wednesday to get ourselves a little bit closer to one of those. Um, so all eyes on that. And I no, appreciate you guys uh, for all the support, all the work you do on the podcast and on Twitter and all, all those good things. Um, so appreciate you guys and look forward to coming back again soon. Awesome. Thank you. Of course, uh, we'll definitely have you back on. And we also appreciate the support from uh, you guys over there with the team because you guys help us grow. Without you guys, I think uh, it would be a little bit difficult to, to grow this project. So thank you. Growing the sport in the Valley. What can we say? Love it. And elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. It is so surreal that the Sacramento Republic FC, they going to the grand finals against Orlando City. What? That is so freaking achievement for a very long time. So a huge congrats to all the Sacramento Re- 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 Republic FC players and to all the fans who come up there, especially me, they are cheering in unison in a thrilling, dramatic semifinals game I ever seen in my entire life since late September 2014 when they when they won the USL champ championship back then. What an achievement. So don't lose hopes, Sacramento Republic FC. You can do this. And of course, I would love to participate for its 100th episode. So, Louise, if you are listening on my voicemail, I'm sure this is definitely the moment that I will be participating for. So, until then, thank you so much. This is William, over and out. Of course, we have to have one of our special guests who we had early on when we got started with this podcast. And that is Michael Rocha from Academica Soccer Club. And of course, Danny, who was in that interview as well. We had to have Danny here for episode 100. So uh, first, I'm going to go to you, uh, Michael. How's it going, man? It's going well, man. It's going well. I appreciate you bringing me back on, especially for episode 100. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, get right to it, but I'll, I'll pass it on over to Danny. I know he's going to ask you about the, the women's team that you guys got started. How you doing, Michael? It's uh, yeah, nice, nice to see you again. Uh, I know we spoke back in, like, I think 2020 when all the craziness was happening, but uh, how, how, how you been, man? What's new? I've been good, man. been good. We just, um, like uh, Louise had mentioned, we, so we launched the women's team this year, so that was 
the big, I mean, this year has been a big year for us in terms of just club and, and making history with the club, with the women's team and our 50th anniversary. So just been trying to, you know, make this a special year for everybody involved. And so I've been definitely, this has been by far the busiest year with Academica. I'll say that. Very cool. And how did you, uh, it's, it's awesome that you started the, the, the women's team. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you recruited the ladies uh, to join the new team. Yeah. So the women's team has always been, it's been in our minds for, I want to say the last three to four years. Um, we have talked about bringing in a women's club or a women's team as part of our club. And it's always, and it's been one of those things. All right, if we're going to do it, we have to do it right. And we have to either do it at the same level as the men's or if not better. So we wanted to be uh, prepared as a club. Um, and we wanted to be able to offer uh, as much as we possibly can to, to the women that, that represent the club. We were talking about in the off season and it kind of, you know, started picking up a little bit more steam and we were thinking maybe 2023 is our year. And lo and behold, all of a sudden we're applying into the WPSL a year earlier than expected. And, um, you know, it was its first year. So you really don't know what to expect. Um, the club has a really good tradition um, that's been carried out throughout the central Valley and beyond the last 50 years. And it's a club that is, it holds itself to, to the highest regards. And we wanted to put on a, a good product on the field. And now, especially with the women's team, we want to provide a good avenue for the local talent to play, especially at a high level. And uh, yeah, with the first year, you know, we had a little bit of, of bumps. It was you know, getting accustomed to, you know, getting everybody on the same page. I mean, we, a majority of our players came from local universities and those local universities did not release their players uh, until about a week before our first game. So we did not get everybody um, that was part of the team. We didn't get a majority of them until our, literally the week of our first game. So the first couple of weeks, we're just kind of just trying to build and trying to build a foundation and establish, all right, these are our players. This is the way we're going to play. This is the way we can play. and it was more so just trying to lay down the groundwork that we can build off going in the future. So um, it was definitely challenging, but definitely rewarding. And I'm definitely looking forward into 2023 and beyond. Uh, I think we, we built something special here with this club, with, with this team. And I can't wait to see how it grows into the future. Yeah. I'm glad you guys did that too. And you know what, we're growing the, the women's sport as well, right? Uh, I know you probably found out about the, Team coming over to Stockton, USLW. Um, no official name yet, but they are going to be actually releasing that name here uh, in the next week or so. So we're really excited to be able to uh, share with everyone that news and be able to uh, cover their event that they're going to have. Well, switching gears over to uh, the men's side with Academica. Tell us more about how this last season went. I know that, unfortunately, Sacramento Gold you know, ended the playoff dream. But how did the season overall go for you guys? Uh, well, if you ask me in February, how I think the season is going to go, um, I'm telling you that, you know, we could potentially win the national championship. That's how good that we looked like we were going to be on paper. Um, then we had a couple guys that got some pro offers. So we lost a couple guys to some pro contracts, lost a couple guys to some injuries, lost some players. I decided, you know what, I'm going to step away from the game overall. 
Uh, some people decided that they're going to take work a little bit more serious. They're going to stop playing. So we ended up thinking we had one team going into the season and within three, four weeks that unraveled. And um, we ended up, you know, having to kind of put some pieces of the miss of the missing puzzle together or some, uh, some missing puzzle pieces together pretty much right going in our first game. Um, so it was a lot of trying to figure out how we're going to progress going forward. And, um, you know, we've asked, we had to ask a lot of our younger guys to step up. The average age for this year's team was, I'm going to say around, I mean, we had two people that were over the age of 26. Everybody else is 25 and below average A's I want is want to say closer to 21. Uh, so a young team, a, a very young team that we had this year. Um, so we didn't have a whole lot of veterans. We didn't have a whole lot of veteran, veteran leadership that definitely comes in handy. So we asked a lot of our young guys to step up and it's great going forward. I mean, we're definitely excited for the future just because of what we were able to do with some of our young guys, yet alone just once they get a little more experience and once we're able to kind of, you know, build the foundation with them, uh, I think we're, you know, we're heading in the right direction, but it was, uh, you know, every week was, was a different challenge and some weeks were better than others. Uh, we went into playoffs and we kind of went into playoffs with a little bit of a, a depleted roster. I mean, we only had, I think we only had 16 guys on the roster that were able to play injuries kind of plagued some plagued our, our roster a little bit. And, um, we ended up going in our first round, upsetting the home side, um, and then we went to sack and we played 45 minutes of, of beautiful soccer. I mean, we, we were right there in it. Uh, we sh- should have scored once or twice in the first half, go to the halftime at zeros at, at towel tied up at zero. And then first 10, 15 minutes sack shows wider than everyone's seed. And they come out and they score three goals. Uh, we bounce back and score two goals on there. Three, two going in the final minutes. We send everybody up. And uh, on a corner kick and ball gets poked out and uh, one of their players takes it about 80 yards and, and scores and puts the nail in the coffin. But um, we mean, we, we knew, we, we knew we had a, uh, you know, we knew we were definitely uh, David in, in, the, in the dog fight, but I'm very, very proud of what this team was able to accomplish. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm excited for the, for the groundwork that we laid this, this year. That's going to be, Moving forward, and we're going to be building a foundation off as well. What are some of those guys that got the pro contracts, and, and where do they go? Alonzo Lara, uh, he went to Bay Cities, uh, and then we had um, we had Marco Tualva, who is with Central Valley Fuego, um, and then we have one player on the cusp of a pro contract that's been training with this team. I don't know if I can publicly say. Uh, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, and then we did have some other players that, uh, went on to go play. We had, we had five of our starters that went on to go play, uh, for USL league two league two side, um, that wanted, they wanted to go play there. A lot of their college teammates were playing there. So they wanted to go play, um, on, on those teams. So they went to that, those teams, um, for, for the season that we were counting on to play for us this year. So a lot of, uh, all right, this person's gone. All right, let's next 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 man up mentality for sure. Yeah, that's got to be tough to not have all the guys that you initially thought would be there, right? The whole season, but it, I'm sure it must be challenging, right? Just the nature of the league, right? That you 
have all kinds of teams like looking at players and it's yeah. it's tough right because they're they're trying to move up and you know yeah, it, we're it's kind of expected at our level and and honestly when we see a guy get a pro contract uh if anybody is is as happy as as them or even happier it's us because uh that that just shows that you know we really we are really building something for for our community uh we are really giving an outlet to the local players to play at a high level and that if you're good enough and if you're good enough with us you will you will get scouted you will get that opportunity to play at that next level and we've been able to send a couple of players over the last couple of years um on trials some pro teams some of them got pro contracts so i mean we're we're very very happy for them and Honestly, you know, we want to keep that. I mean, it, it's it's tough to replace a guy, a couple of guys that we've lost because of pro contract. But at the same time, um, if anybody wants them to go pro, it's us. Because and then, in fact, it it you know, it's we're good. It's good for them. It's good for us as well. So we're we're thrilled when somebody draws a pro contract. Um, sad to see them leave, but you know, we'll, we'll definitely be the biggest uh, the biggest support staff for them on the sidelines. Well, you mentioned one of your guys going to Central Valley Fuego, and I think you guys need to create a cup with them. That's I know it's not the same league, you know, but I feel like there should be a, a preseason rivalry between you guys. I don't know if you've talked to him about it or if that's in the works, but that would be cool. Yeah, so we uh, we haven't had a chance to connect with them really, just because they were they started a little bit later. Uh, the league one team, the uh, league one side started a little bit later than us. We had already drawn up our preseason. We already had everything pretty much set up. Um, so we didn't really get a chance to connect. Um, next year, we, we've already been in talks for next year for, with a couple of teams of, uh, of hosting um, a, uh, a preseason match. Um, there is a USL championship side that looks like we are going to be playing going in. We're trying to make that two. Uh, so out of the three Northern California teams, you guys can go ahead and, and, and do your guessing on who those teams can be. But, um, but yeah, we're looking to get one or two USL sites. Uh, one, I, th I think that more than likely is going to happen. Um, but we are trying to land two. We're definitely trying to host one of those two, especially at our facility. And I mean, if we can get Central Valley Fuego in there, I, I mean, I, I would definitely take that. I would take that in a heartbeat just because, in those type of games, it, it doesn't matter what the score is. What what matters is that you know our guys get put in in they get one they get put in difficult situations right away. So we really get to see how they react under under pressure, how they react, you know, playing against the best team we're going to play all season long right from the get go. Uh, it shows what our strengths are, shows what our weaknesses are, and it gives guys an opportunity to play in front of you know play against pros, play in front of professional professional staffs. So it just you know it just helps us build each other up. Uh, when we're playing against a high level. So, um, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for a battle of the 99 cup. You count me in. <laughs> yeah. I know uh, Sac Republic has a cup or had a cup with Fresno uh, FC. And then when Fresno FC, they, uh, they folded, there's a, uh, what was it? It was a battle for 99 or something like that. It was a 99 cup or. Yeah. Something like that battle for 99. I think. Yeah. yeah I would think that would, this, the, the highway 99 would have to be in, in, involved some way or another if we were to play Central Valley Fuego. But um but yeah, nonetheless, we're, we're definitely we'd love to to have an opportunity to play against them. Yeah, I'm glad you guys did that too. I mean the only game I was able to go this season for you guys was of course the preseason game against the Roots. And 
although you know the the score didn't go your way it, it was still a great match and that, that first half i i still say you guys could have actually been winning at the end of that first half because you had some great opportunities that unfortunately uh, you know di- didn't go the right way but uh, i'm glad that you guys are doing that and hopefully Cyber republic is one of those two and <laughs> we, you guys could uh, make it happen and it would actually be even more awesome if it was actually uh, at Sherlock rather than just uh, at Sacramento, if you guys could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a small, intimate venue. Uh, for those who have been out there, they know what it is. It's kind of almost in the middle of nowhere, but, um, the, you know, it's, it's a nice grass, it's a nice grass pitch. Uh, when we play pro teams, pro teams enjoy playing on it. Um, it's the fans are right on, right, right on you, especially, you know, if it's packed, it's, it's a pretty intimidating place to play at. Uh, but it just, it's one of those kind of unique, uh, unique gems in, in lower league soccer, which is academic field. So, um, I mean, we're open and we are a lower league, so we're, you know, we'll do whatever it takes to, to land a higher, uh, higher division team. If we have to travel, travel, of course, but man, I would love to host, you know, another USL cha- championship side at our facility in the future. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll let you get going, Michael, but thank you so much for being on this hundredth episode. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, you were here since the beginning of this podcast, and we definitely uh, had to have you back on here uh, as we celebrate this uh, really amazing milestone for us. No, I uh, I appreciate you bringing me on, and congratulations on uh, the 100th podcast. I look forward to being on episode 200 and on episode 1,000. <laughs> thank you so much, Michael. Thank and congratulations you. to you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, once again, thanks to Michael for being on here. And thanks, Danny, for hopping on. I know it was a last minute thing, but I-, I figured, hey, we need to have you on. If Michael's on, you were on that interview that last time. And uh, I-, I can't just have, you know, you giving us a shout out. You got to be on on the show with you know more time. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I appreciate you uh, sending me the, the, the invite. I know I'm a little rusty. Um, it's been, <laughs> it's been a couple of years, but, uh, um, I'm really, really proud of what this has become. Um, I still remember, you know, episode four, this is episode five, episode six, um, just, the, you know, and, and starting to get more listens and, and, um, we're getting ourselves out there and, and to see what it's become, uh, it's make, it makes me feel like. I was a part of something cool, you know, um, I do miss those good old days with all the interviews that we used to do. Um, it was, it was a fun, definitely a fun time. Um, and episode 100, you know, I, I knew it was coming. I knew it was gonna, it was gonna happen because you're very passionate about what you do. Um, bringing on, you know, new, new staff members and just making it work. Um, good job, man. Uh, definitely proud of you guys for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Really appreciate that. And definitely we're going to be doing more interviews, uh, especially during the preseason time, right. Which Mm -hmm. is when it's more of our slow time and more players and staff members have more time to be on interviews. So, uh, we'll be inviting you to more of those, uh, when they happen. So in the next hundred episodes, you'll be in, you'll be in some of them, if not, you know, a lot more of them than in the first hundred. (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. And uh, just so everyone knows, everyone's aware, we'll be in Sacramento this Wednesday. Um, so we are making the we are making the trip. Uh, we usually don't make the midweek games, but this one's a special one. Um, it's going to be crazy, and uh, we will see everyone there. And we're very excited. Oh, 
That, that, that's awesome too. I mean, of course, we're posting this uh, like after the cup game, like a week after too. But uh, I, I mean, I'm sure it, it was a great time. <laughs> it's well, kind of weird saying uh, it right after. <laughs> well, then uh, in that case, uh, good to see everyone in Sacramento last Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Thanks, man. All right, man. Sounds good. Take care. You too. Thanks. On our last interview for episode 100, we brought back uh, someone who is uh, well-known in the Sacramento soccer community. That is Alberto Regalado, uh, SAC United president. How are you, man? How's it going? Doing well. Thank you guys very much for having me. Well, yeah, we're really excited. I know Sacramento United has had a lot going on since we last spoke. Uh, lots of really uh, great news uh, out there, too. And so I want to go ahead and get started Um asking you more about uh, MLS Next. I know it's really exciting to hear that you guys got the opportunity to join this amazing project. And from what I know, right, you guys are like the only uh, non-professional youth club uh, in the region too. So tell us more about what this means for SAC United and what we can expect. Uh, well, first and foremost, you know, it means uh, what we feel like is more opportunity for our kids. You know, the number one thing that I'm on priority always has to be the kids, right? And so... Uh, when in the background we were taking a look at, uh, um, you know, jumping to this level is essentially a national platform that's different than what we were doing before, uh, a step higher, you know, um, higher division, that kind of thing. Uh, we, t- we, we discussed, you know, with Gavin, who's really, you know, him, him and the other directors leading the charge on, on uh, getting this done. It's really, you know, a lot of background work for them that was helped us get it where we got it and, and, uh, inter, you know, they had interviews with the MLS next leadership and, uh, um, you know, application process and all that kind of thing. And, uh, they were able to, to, to close it, but, it, uh, really it was all about opportunity, right? Uh, we looked and we thought that, uh, there should be, you know, more opportunities for the kids at the highest level to try a different platform to, um, be seen, and uh, MLS Next having the backing of, you know, MLS, the professional league uh, here in, um, in our country, we just felt like, you know, with our history of development and all those other things, it was it was going to be a great fit. And, you know, uh, thankfully, uh, the uh, MLS Next uh, leadership agreed. So, you know, we were able to um, put it together and, and make it happen. So let me ask you this. Where are you? Like last time we talked to you, you were hot into uh, recruiting, um, going through, I think, trials, if I'm not mistaken. Where are you now in the season? Because we're at our 100th episode. You yeah. know that. But where yeah. where are you guys now? So um, typically at the end of May, all the cl- clubs in our region uh, go through a tryout process. Um, which we did. Um, and uh, as part of that, we, there were tryouts for all of our teams, but including the MLS Next teams. And we also, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but we also were able to add the GA, the Girls Academy. It's a, another national platform that we were super excited to get involved with because, um, you know, it was another target for us was to improve the opportunities, the visibility, the, you know, kind of, 
impact of our girls program. It was hugely important to us. There's, uh, you know, half of the board, if not more, has a daughter in the program, myself included. Uh, so that was, um, you know, very important as well. But anyway, we went through that process um, of the tryouts. Um, we've had a couple of, you know, play dates, uh, tournaments, that kind of thing. But we're really just getting ready to kick off. The season start mid-August to September, depending on which league each particular team is um, going to be playing in. And, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just raring up to get ready to go. That's excellent. And a follow-up question to that is, with the addition of more in your club, how are you able to recruit more coaches and staff to support this growth? How, how'd that go? How'd you find everybody? Well, that is an incredible challenge, quite honestly. Um, this has been a process of ramping up over the years. We went from, you know, several years ago, I want to say somewhere in the ballpark of about 35 teams. Last year, we were up in the 40s. This year, we're up in the 50s, uh, slow and steady. Um, staffing is a challenge because you want to have um, qualified candidates. You want to have uh, people who are going to, uh, see your vision, see your mission, and want to continue to to drive that forward, right? You don't want to have to be pulling the cart all the time. You need people that are going to pull with you. And so uh, it is a challenge. You're absolutely right. It is a challenge, but we have been working on it. And then, you know, quite honestly, uh, one of our challenges is, is, is the fact that we had a record number of people. We've never had as many trialists come out as we did this last year. We had almost 1,400 people come out. And a lot of it having to do with the announcement of the new, you know, national platforms, a lot of excitement was built and, um, you know, people signed up and people showed up. And so, you know, there, there are some challenges that come with that. You know, we had to make decisions to say just because 1400 people show up, we're not going to take 1400 people and put them on teams. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a, what do you call a, management um i don't know stock management you know yeah you don't want to overload you don't want to overload who you have and you definitely don't want to you know be looking at turning kids away just be you know you just you you really have to cut you really have to do that limiting in the very beginning versus somewhere down the road we made a decision uh quite honestly we made a decision to say we think this is our maximum capacity we don't think we can go anywhere beyond this and we tried to stick very, very much um, to that. So there were some difficult decisions to be made, to be honest with you. Um, there were some kids that had previously been in the club that, you know, uh, didn't make a team this time. Um, I think that is part of uh, the learning process, unfortunately. Life isn't always, you know, as, as perfect and as, you know, straightforward as we see it. But what we hope that the lessons that come from it is that, um, those same kids, you know, we tried to help place them where we could and that kind of thing. And we, that they take that and they take this as a challenge for the next time. Maybe I couldn't make it this year, but I put in enough work this year throughout the season and I'll have a chance to make it next year. And I'll show, them. you know, we hope that that's the lessons that are um, learned from this because the last thing we want is for kids to not play. Right. It's, I'd rather help place a kid somewhere than them not play. But yeah, it, it is a challenge. Over the last year, uh, what alumni has come out of the SAC United program? Like, can you tell us like where they've gone to? Uh, maybe academies, colleges, uh, you know, even maybe potentially uh, uh, bigger teams as well. 
Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you guys follow us on Instagram. We've had a couple of folks who, um, especially actually on the girls side, a couple of girls playing professionally uh, in Portugal, um, Jalen Cram. We met, you guys probably are familiar with her. She's been out of college and all that kind of thing for a little while, but we're super proud of her. She's out in uh, Israel, I believe. Yeah. And um, uh, Paige Almendares is playing uh, Kate and Talbert. I mean, they're, they're, you know, on the girls side, it's been, you know, great. I mean, it, there, there was this amazing thing that they played in the cup and I'm sorry, I, I, the, the name of the cup, uh, um, essentially like our U S open cup, but out there, uh, they played against each other in the final. So it was, it was, it was pretty cool. One, one, uh, uh, actually, uh, Paige was hurt for the game, but her team played against Caitlin's team. So that was pretty awesome. So, um, and then, you know, we, 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 uh, pass a lot of kids, uh, on into programs over with, uh, the Republic. There's a bunch of kids who, have gone to the Republic, um, you know, some that have gone from there on to Real Salt Lake just most recently. Um, you know, uh, Jaden, uh, he's also out at uh, Real Salt Lake. I think he just had an injury, so we're all praying for him to, you know, uh, get better soon. I think he had knee surgery about uh, maybe a little a month ago or so, but he's 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 recovering, and, and we're all, you know, rooting for him to get back because he's, uh, he's, he's the monster on the field, and we know that, you know, when he gets – you know, better and the, the comeback's going to be sweet, you know? So, so, uh, you know, we're, we're all, uh, rooting for him as well. Uh, but yeah, there's been a few, you know, uh, Luke who's out at, at the Republic now, Strasburg, um, uh, I believe he made a national team camp recently. And yes, he did. He's my neighbor. And I always see his proud daddy's post. Yeah. 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 He's yeah, an he's awesome a, kid. Awesome a, kid. He's a good kid. You're right. And yep. you know, he's a, he's a solid guy and he's a sponge for learning. I don't think yep. he's, you know, there, what you guys have taught, I think which, what he has picked up from uh, training with you all and playing for you all was that concept of every day you learn, you don't know it all yeah. when you walk on the field, because you, I think you guys had him playing in different positions. You didn't just keep him yep. static in one spot, which is good. Then you Correct. get the kid, the child, the person gets to figure out what feels best to them and then pursue that. And that Alberto, I don't know if that's just your philosophy, you know, of, of exploring, helping the kids explore their talent. But if it is man, hats off to you. It, it absolutely is. It's, it's something that we do throughout the club. Um, you would be surprised, uh, maybe not surprised, but it, it is a challenge too, because parents say my kid is a this and my kid is a that. And uh, my specialty is working with the youngest kids. I've been the academy director of the youth academy for the last a little over five years. Uh, and I start to train the parents from that young age. Like, listen, I'm not making defenders. I'm not training, uh, you know, forwards. I'm not training midfielders. I'm training soccer players and little human beings. That's it. <laughs> They're going to explore, you know, guided discovery. They're going to d- explore. They're going to learn. And somewhere down the road, we'll figure out what their qualities best suit, right? Where they're best suited. But right now let's let them learn. And so it is, it's a challenge because some parents are like, my kid is a this. Not yet. One of the most common things that you see as the kids come out of college and go play in the pros, the few that are lucky enough to do that is that they go from a forward to a defender happens all the time. So 
just, you know, part of the reasoning. I mean, look what Emmer Clemente did. I mean, he was a natural born striker. And then when he played for us, it was like, nope, you're a defender now. And he had to totally learn that as an, you know, as an adult player. Right. And I think I I may have done that, you know, when I was younger, I could really run. And then as I got older, I was smarter. So and slower. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, good. Luis, anything else? Yeah, I had one more thing too. Um, you know, you guys not only joined MLS Next Pro and the GA, but you also added a team in the UPSLW. That's Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, we added a team in the UPSL and the UPSLW. Um, again, you know, uh, credit goes to Gavin. He envisioned that we need to have a place for our uh, older kids, the ones that need um, challenges, you know, that can play with adults and that kind of thing, uh, along with kids that didn't necessarily go away to college or chose not to go away to college. And they're here and they have the opportunity to play and we needed to have a place for them too. And so, you know, with his vision and his ideas, we, you know, put it together and, and uh, um, it's been awesome. We were able to play a lot of girls um, of a lot of different ages, um, boys too, and on the boys side. Um, and to be quite honest with you, I think it was invaluable experience for them, you know, um, as you said, just a second ago, Sharon, that, that, that the players, as they get older, they get smarter and these kids are able to learn some of this intelligence, uh, from them as they see it, as they play with them and against them. And they start to realize this isn't just playing against another 16 year old. You're playing against somebody who's had a lot more time. And, you know, in some cases they're called me, <laughs> yeah oh yeah that, that happens a lot <laughs> oh absolutely yeah one other thing about the women's side the support that our families gave us they they showed up for our home games i mean it was it was awesome to see that we had a lot of people out on the sideline you know uh it was just it was incredible we had we had a really good time with it and we you know we look forward to continuing it such a social sport and it gets even more social when you put a bunch of women together. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Yeah. Well, we won't take any more of your time, but we really appreciate you being here with us on our hundredth episode and wish you the best of luck in all the seasons that all the teams will be uh, playing this fall. And uh, we hope to have you back on sometime in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Congratulations on the hundredth episode. You guys keep it up. You're doing great work. Man, that means a lot. Thanks a lot for saying that. All right. And we are back once again. Thank you so much to these five amazing guests. We we had a blast being able to talk to them. And Sharon, I really enjoyed the format that we did it in. And it wasn't even directly planned for, but we had different co-hosts and different shows, um, or I should say in different interviews. And it's awesome, right? I mean, we had, I had Danny back on the interview with Michael Rocha, because that's the first one he was on. And it, it's it's great, right? So some interviews, it was only me and you. Some of them we had Jared on. Uh, another one, it was just me and Jared. It's kind of cool. I, I like the way that we, we kind of made it work, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it you know, it doesn't really matter who is, you know, sitting on your right hand or who's doing the interviewing when we have these episodes. But as long as the person that we're interviewing gets a chance to explain what's going on in their world, you know, to kind of bring us up to date, even if it's just for a little small segment, it's still really cool 
you know, just to hear them. And, and that's the whole point, you know, is to be able to ha- give a platform, give a voice to others. And that's what podcasts are all about is elevating the cause. And our, our cause is to elevate the sport in general in the Central Valley and beyond. And then the other part of it is, is to help elevate the, the interviewees. I mean, we have pr- promoted other people's businesses, you know, because they've gotten into coaching or they've gotten into something else. And we've done, we've helped them, you know, by saying, this is what this person is doing now. Join them. You know, hey, this club is having tryouts. They're great. Listen to them. Join them, you know. So it's, it's really cool. I think what we're doing is just, it's just great. Thank you, Luis. And again, thank you for always being the backbone of this podcast. Yeah, uh, of course. Thank you. And also, Thank you uh, to some of the people here who uh, sent us voicemails. If y'all heard, I I sprinkled them in between the interviews as well, because I I thought it was a great way to uh, be able to uh, add them here on the show. And and thank you to everyone else who uh, listens to the show, all the support that we get. I mean, there's a lot of people that we don't always get to talk to that listen to the show. And we really appreciate all y'all. It just is undescribable just how... uh, happy we are that you guys, you know, listen to all the things that we put out and that you watch some of the live shows, you leave comments, you know, you interact with us, all that. It's really great. And again, you know, where you just help us in our goal to be able to uh, grow the sport here in the Central Valley. And, you know, uh, it's, it's just really awesome to, to see that. And I would have never imagined that we would be where we are at now. And uh, not only that, but, you know, we've been able to meet so many amazing people through the podcast, right? And Sharon knows it, right? I mean, you've met a lot more people also thanks to the show. And some of them have become really great friends. And, you know, we're planning away trips together. We've seen each other at away trips as well. And it, it's great. I mean, the podcast has brought a lot <laughs> of us together. I mean, it's it's brought ourselves here together because we didn't know each other right before the podcast. And we didn't know Jared before the show either. So it's just amazing all that you know we've been able to gain just from doing this show and that that's priceless well said Luis. well i do want to give uh one last shout out as i always do for the website sagsoccerpod.com if you guys want to go back and listen to all the library of episodes that we've done in these first 100 they're all already on there so if you want to go and listen to an old show you can actually find it there uh, or if you want to listen to any of the new shows they get posted uh, typically like 30 minutes after I upload them as well. So that's your go-to spot if you want to listen to shows early. And if you want to send us a voicemail, just as you heard some of the people here that listen to the show, uh, send us one. Uh, just hop on the website and there is a tab that says send a voicemail. Once you do that, uh, you'll be able to record it via the browser and then I'll get it through my email and uh, we may be uh, playing it at a future uh, recording, uh, whether that's podcast, live show, uh, so feel free to do so as well. Also wanted to give a shout out now that I mentioned the website to Ryan and Meeks RV for sponsoring the website for a full year. You know, we, we really greatly appreciate that sponsorship and, you know, it, it's really going to help us grow in these next hundredth episodes that we do having the website and uh, we've gotten really good response from it. And I, I am looking forward to just all the amazing things that will happen on that website because we're going to be adding more and more things. And I know you brought it up, Sharon. We're going to have the podcast winter dinner on there. It's going to have its own page as well. But I know more ideas will come by after, you know, we 
we've thought about the website a little bit more. Cool. With that being said, everyone, have a great morning or night whenever you're listening to this special episode. And we'll see you next weekend with episode 101. See everyone. And as always, Vamos Republic. Let's go. I'm not quite sure how things are going to be pieced. I have to go back through the edits and all that and, you know, piece it all together. But uh, not in any com- uh, specific order, but uh, you're going to have, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> you did no, it. I, no, yeah, I thought about it, actually. And I think that I, I'm actually going to say the order. Um, oh, OK, I, I should say the order of the. Yeah, yeah. I know I said no specific order, but. I'm just going to say the order, too, so... Oh, you already have an order? Okay. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, like, looking at, at the notes here, too, and then I see something. I'm like, what's creeping on the screen? <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to... I'm just going to cut it and just get to the part where I'm reading the note. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good one, though. Is that the, the tape measure that you put at one point? Yeah. That's so cool. I need to buy one of those. You need to send me a link to, to buy that. Because I, I, I actually, if you want to see my tape measure that I have here, so everyone can oh, see no, it. Too. tape dispenser, not tape measure. Or, or yeah, sorry, yeah, tape, tape dispenser too. I have this one here. It's a, it's a hedgehog. Since oh. If everyone knows I'm a Sonic the Hedgehog fan, and uh, it's a gold oh. hedgehog because Sonic could go super. And and so that's that's the one I have here. But, but I want that soccer one too. I guess if you find a link to that or anyone knows of where I could buy it. Uh, I want that. Welcome, everybody, to a live episode, a live video episode. Edit. <laughs> We're going to do video bloopers, too, by the way. So. I should have mentioned that before. But... It's the first one. You're good. <laughs> oh, what a dork. Um, exactly. So, So, are we allowed to say who our guests are or are we just going to unpack it as we go and just like surprise here's this guest <laughs> <laughs> well it, it is in our episode description but if people don't look at that and want to be surprised do you think we should say them or should we just move on and just have them play what do you think oh my goodness is this going to be a blooper edit <laughs> <laughs> hey wait that's a good question so Luis. Okay, so there's a feature that we do on our our, uh, non-visual podcast, and it's our bloopers at the end and editing and, you know, noises and things like that. I have no idea if the 100th episode will end up in any of that fashion, but if there was an ability to have a a blooper reel at the end, I don't know, maybe this (laughs) this would be part of it. But this has been a lot of fun, and I honestly, I don't have an opinion on how to unfold uh, our guests, except that uh, I think it's a really good balance of guests. So if you didn't take a look at the what Luis had posted in the um, notice, wait, what? The, the, the episode the screen. <laughs> We're having a great, a great blooper. I'm glad because I'm trying to think if any guests had any bloopers and Word. I don't think there's that many. Words, Luis based on the day that you and I are recording this part, words are hard. Oh, thoughts. yeah. There's no connection of thoughts right now. The, the thoughts are not, like, yeah. Yeah, the, they're not really there, too. So I'm glad that we got all the other interviews taken care of before. <laughs> 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 Proper planning on our part. 
Especially the one with the, you know, the big cheese that we ended up getting. The big cheese? Big guy. Main man. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm here thinking big cheese, Chuck E. Cheese. I mean, that's, uh, especially the mascot, how it looked like, the animatronic back then. It was pretty freaky. I don't even know how. I still don't even know how they allowed that to yeah. be out there, but it was out there. <laughs>